I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. You please don't raise your hands. Just I want you to reflect on this question. And it's this, are any of the relationships in your life unhealthy? Are any of the relationships in your life unhealthy? And if you can answer no to that question, we should probably talk because a lot of us know someone in our family, at work, at school, somewhere in our circle of friends and neighbors that is absolutely toxic to be around. Here's a great spiritual truth. When God wants to bless us, how does he usually do it? He quite often sends people into our life, doesn't he? To bless our life. But when the devil wants to destroy us, how does he do it? He also sends people into our life. Today I want to talk about several types of relationships that are liabilities, not assets to us. And if we're going to develop healthy relationships, we must first cut off the unhealthy ones that we have developed. Now you may be asking, how can I tell the difference? How can I tell if a relationship is toxic? Well, there's a number of indicators, but I'm going to share just three main indicators with you. First, in a toxic relationship, there will always be strife constant strife and division. In the Old Testament book of Amos, chapter 3, it asks us, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You see, in a healthy relationship, it is one in which um, there is a oneness. There's an agreement of goals, of purpose, of vision, of beliefs. God's Word also says, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. The Greek word for confusion means unstable. The Bible tells us that a double-minded person is unstable in everything they do. If there is a situation in your life that's out of order, then it's usually out of control as well. Our God is a God of order, and he set up lines of authority, and when those lines are violated, the door is open to every type of evil. We don't get to choose the brand of evil spirit we want. When we get out of line with the way God has designed things to work, Satan will touch us with any form of evil he thinks he can use. And strife and confusion are two of his weapons, and they will sap our energy, and they will drain our creativity and they will take our focus off of what God has for us. Now second, a toxic relationship will hold us to our past. How many times have you heard someone talk about how they knew you way back when? The Bible tells us that when Jesus went to his own country, to his own uh, home area, he taught, and the people were astonished at his teaching, but they were also offended at him. Listen to how Matthew tells it. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this, where did, does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? And then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, All of his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. 
Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. He's just one of us. It wasn't that Jesus had lost any power in himself. It wasn't that he was any less of who he was when he was back in his hometown area. It was because of their unbelief that he could not manifest the fullness of who he was. You see, our associations of a past can drag us down and they can hold us back. They can keep us from fulfilling our potential. I'm not talking, of course, about relationships that, have, that we've entered into with a covenant or relationships that God has ordained for our life. We just can't casually walk away from a father or a mother or a spouse or a child. Sometimes that does happen, but usually it involves a little bit more than a hasty decision. I'm talking more about friendships and business associations and casual acquaintances and distant relatives who remind us continually of the people that we used to be or they, what they think of us uh, way back when. I'm talking about those old opinions that are not God's opinions and opinions that don't relate to our today or, to, or our tomorrow. And then third, a toxic relationship will violate our heart. These are relationships that prey on our heart and they rob us of control over our life. And here's what I mean by that. Don't give power to any person to manipulate you or to control you. Nobody deserves that power but God. No person can make you lose your joy or your mind or your temper or any other aspect of who you are unless you give that person the power to do that. Don't do it. And the most dangerous violator of the heart is the person who tells you what you want to hear. If that, it is the person who strokes your ego and tells uh, you words of affection that you so desperately want to hear all in an effort to get what they want from you. You see, violators take advantage of the needs in our life, especially the need to be loved and accepted. They aren't concerned about our blessings. They aren't concerned about our destiny. They are concerned only about what they want, and they are takers. They're not givers. Never lose your identity to a, for another person's sake, and never compromise your character for anyone. We must continually take inventory of whether a person is drawing more from us than the person is giving to us. A healthy relationship um, is a relationship in which there's a balance of giving and taking, where there's a mutual appreciation and building up of each other, where there are honest words of appreciation without any hint of manipulation. So what are the steps we must take to cut some unhealthy relationships out of our life? Well, first, we must identify and accept the reality that some of our, the relationships in our life are out of balance. At times, we need to take stock of the situation and admit to ourselves that a relationship just isn't working. All of our efforts at helping or rehabilitating that person have failed, and it's at that point that we need to give that person over to God. Now, notice that I didn't say we need to give up on that person. To give up is to walk away saying, I don't care what happens to you. To give that person over to God is to walk away and say, you know what, I've done all that I can do. And now I'm entrusting you to God from this point on. And when we give that person over to God, we are releasing that person from our heart to the one who truly can heal 
that person, who will never fail that person, who is totally qualified to guide and counsel that person, how many times can you tell a person the same things over and over and over again, but nothing changes? And if we allow ourselves to be drained and distracted by someone we truly cannot help, because that person truly doesn't want our help, only our association, then we will not be in a position to truly help the people who need us. Second, don't try to be God to another person. There is a huge difference between helping a person and carrying a person. We aren't the Holy Spirit. Don't enter into an enabling relationship in which um, you come to feel totally responsible for another person's success or failure. Third, become comfortable with criticism. If we do have to end a relationship, not everybody's going to be happy about that uh, decision. For that matter, not everybody's going to be happy with us at any point in our life regarding anything. We can't make everybody happy. There's always going to be somebody who wants us to do something other than what God's leading us to do. Luke chapter 6, verse 26 tells us, What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised false prophets. See, occasionally we need to recognize that hurting people sometimes turn around and hurt people. And we need to be brave enough and godly enough to say, you know what, this relationship is not helping me or you. The relationship is not healthy, and we need to end this. Trust God to help you recognize when a relationship is becoming detrimental to your business, to your ministry, to your health, to your family life. Trust God to give you the courage to end that relationship, and then trust God to give you broad enough shoulders and thick enough skin to take the criticism that you will face when you end that relationship. Fourth, progressively and unhealthy relationships. You know, it takes emotional energy to end a relationship, and if we cut every unhealthy relationship out of our life all at one time, we're likely to be overwhelmed by the loss. So cut unhealthy relationships out of your life one at a time until you can look around you and say, you know what, all the relationships in my life are pleasing to God. All of my relationships are ones in which there's a mutual give and take. There's mutual blessing. There's mutual edification. And I'm on the same wavelength with those who are close to me when it comes to my values and my beliefs and my goals. Fifth, don't burn your bridges. When you dissolve a relationship, don't do it out of anger or bitterness. There is a way to walk away from a relationship without words of hatred or criticism or placing blame, and at the same time walk away from an unhealthy relationship with the full intent that you're not going to revisit that relationship in the future. God may lead you to have a relationship with that person down the line, but you should not leave with the intent of coming back into that relationship. Make a clean break. There may be a situation in which someone comes to you to break off a relationship, and if it's the right thing to do, allow that break to occur. Don't keep hanging on. Don't keep trying to mend a fence that's more than, you know, a 12-foot-high stone wall. Don't keep revisiting the relationship in your heart, looking for a way back. Allow the break to happen, and then move forward. If you continue to look back, you won't be qualified or given the authority to possess what God has for you. Look ahead, not backwards. Every time you look back, you begin to question, did I do the right thing? The second 
guess, uh, you second guess your today. You become hesitant about tomorrow. So leave the past behind and move forward. Don't look at what might have been, what should have been, what could have been. Look at what is yet to be. And then finally, get close to those who love you and celebrate you. Why waste your life trying to get the attention and win the affection of people who don't really care about you? Why make the effort to go where people merely tolerate you but don't really love you? Why spend your time and effort and resources seeking acceptance from people who are so wrapped up in themselves that they can't accommodate anybody else in their life? Why spend your spiritual gift on people who aren't at all capable of recognizing and appreciating the one who lives inside of you. In Matthew's Gospel, the 22nd chapter, Jesus tells a parable in which a man gave a great feast and he invited many, many people to come. He sent out his servant at the appointed time to say to all those who were invited, the feast has been prepared, everything is ready, come to the banquet. But one by one, those who were invited began making excuses. One had just bought some property that he wanted to go see. Another had just purchased a new yoke of oxen he needed to go check out. Another had just gotten married. There were numerous excuses. Aren't those the things that a toxic person in your life tends to value more than they value you? even today. One person has a business that he values more than you. Another person has a new car or a new boat or some other new toy that they highly value. Another has a new relationship that's more important than their relationship with you. You can add to the list, it's endless. But toxic people don't place the highest value in their life on you. So go find the people who are starving for what you have to offer. Find people who want who you are and what you have to give and what you celebrate and spend your time and energy on the people who do truly love you. Let me close this message this morning by recapping in a little different way what I've been trying to say about toxic people. Let me share with you eight common traits of toxic people people and how they make us feel and what you can do about it. As I said before, we all know some toxic people in our life. Even if you don't now, at some point, you are bound to come across a person who fits one or more of these descriptions. First, toxic people are manipulative. Their modus operandi is to get people to do what they want them to do because it's all about them. They use other people to accomplish whatever their goal happens to be, Forget what you want. This is not about equality in a relationship. Far from it. It's about manipulation. Second, toxic people are judgmental. Keep your eyes and ears open for criticism about you, about what you've done, about what you didn't do. It's never about them, and they will lie when it serves their purpose. Three, toxic people take no responsibility for their own feelings. Rather, their feelings are projected onto you, and if you want to try to point this out to them, they will likely vehemently defend their perspective, but they're never going to take responsibility for anything they do. Four, toxic people don't apologize. They don't see any reason to because things are always somebody else's fault. 
In many instances, although they try to orchestrate relationships to serve their own ends, they try to gain sympathy and attention by claiming victim status. Five, toxic people are inconsistent. It's hard to know who you're with at any given moment because they're not always the same person. They may change their perspective, their attitude, their behaviors, depending on how they feel, what they need to accomplish, or what they want to happen. And they know how to, make, how to be kind when they want something from you. Six, toxic people make you prove yourself to them. Toxic people make you choose them over somebody else or choose something they want over something you want. And often this is a divide and conquer kind of dynamic in which the only choice is them, even to the point of requiring you to cut off other meaningful relationships in your life to satisfy them. Number seven, toxic people make you defend yourself. They have difficulty staying on point about certain issues, probably because they're not interested in your point of view or trying to reach a mutual conclusion. Remember that they are supreme manipulators. Their tactics may include being vague, being arbitrary, as well as diverting the focus of the discussion on to how you're uh, dealing with the issue. Your tone, your words, they focus on problems, not on solutions. And number eight, toxic people are not caring, supportive, or interested in what's important to you. In fact, the good things that happen to you move the attention away from them, and that thwarts them from focusing on their own goals. Beware of people who find fault with you and make you feel like you're always in the wrong. Loyalty is foreign to them. See, toxic people often make you want to fix them or fix their problems. They want you to feel sorry for them and responsible for what happens to them, and yet their problems are never really ever solved. For once you've helped them with one crisis, there's going to be inevitably another. What they really want is your ongoing sympathy and support, and they will create one drama after another to get that. Fixing and saving them never works, especially since you're the probably you probably care more about what happens to them than they do. So the bottom line is this, toxic people are draining. Encounters with them leave you emotionally wiped out. Time with them is about taking care of their business, which will leave you feeling frustrated and unfulfilled if not angry. So don't allow yourself to become depleted as a result of giving and giving and giving and getting nothing in return. At first you may feel for them and their plight, but once you observe that every interaction is negatively charged, you may want to limit your contact with them or maybe even cut the ties. Your time and energy are essential for your own life. Don't be overly willing to give that away. And beware especially of the narcissistic toxic person. Their method of operation includes gaining total control over the situation, and that means you as well. They will demand your undivided attention. They will attempt to convince you that you need to join their camp, their way of thinking, because they know better than you. They're right. You're wrong. And they need to do, uh, and you need to do what they say. And this kind of toxic person will think nothing of invading your space, may even try to isolate you from people who are close to you. Now, I realize that this is just a general overview and relationships are complex, and it's not always easy to deal with toxic people until we've, until we've kind of been through some interactions with them. I understand that many relationships, especially family ones, are even more difficult. 
because it's not easy to close the door and say goodbye to people with whom we have a lot of history or people that we're related to by birth. But dealing with such a toxic person can be difficult for us. It can be draining, to say the least. In fact, it may challenge what you know about yourself. It will push you to your very limits. But the bottom line is that if you feel bad about yourself as a result of a relationship with another person, it's time to sit down and assess that issue. They may be unlikely to change, but you know what? You can. Weigh the pros, if there are any, and the cons. Make a decision to limit your time with that person or end the relationship. Remember, life itself is a gift, and life is precious. Yet too often we may find that much of our time is spent dealing with negative, toxic people who drain the life out of us. Sometimes they're coworkers, as I said. Sometimes they're just friends. Sometimes, sadly, even members of our family. But God never intended for us to spin our wheels and waste our days trying to make other people happy who can never be happy. Because in reality, it doesn't depend on us. It's not up to us. They may want you to think that it is, as if you possess the power to, prove, to improve the value of their existence, but it's a burden you were never meant to carry. God's greatest desire today is to set you free. I hope you'll tune in next week for the last message in this series. Next week, I'll give you some ideas on what you can do as a faithful response to God and to yourself if you find yourself living with or working with or close to a toxic person. So I hope you'll be here. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? God, sometimes uh, we find ourselves off from a relationship with you because of a relationship with a toxic person in our life who's challenging to us, who's causing all kinds of stress and chaos in our life. And we acknowledge that we get to the point where we have difficulty extending grace and forgiveness. There's been so much hurt, so many unfair demands placed on us. Come to us, we pray, and heal us. Move us to appreciate your generosity. We're grateful that you don't treat us the way we often treat other people or find ourselves being treated, but in mercy, you accept us for who we are. And it's your desire to set us free. So teach us today how to walk away from unhealthy relationships and draw us ever closer to you and to the people who do truly love us. We pray in Jesus' name.